Fired Up Fridays app with Steve Ryan is now available on Apple and Google Play stores. Well, hello there, family. You're listening to Fired Up Fridays with Steve Ryan. Fired Up Fridays, all right. All right, what's going on? What's going on? Welcome to Fired Up Friday. <laughs> all right. How you doing today, Paul? <laughs> Hey, I'm doing well, Steve. How about yourself? <laughs> oh, good, good, good. So uh, we got we got an all rock star in the house, a author, motivational speaker, a dean. I mean, like, what don't you do? You you fly into the moon nets. I mean, like... <laughs> you, you, you know, you know. If you ask my second born son, we're we're going tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. That's all right. Yes, sir. So, yes, sir. so where where did all this inspiration start from? Like. Uh, Man, uh, I guess just going back, um, I, I was a student athlete and um, I, at Virginia Commonwealth University. I, I was a track and field athlete. Uh, I come from a family of athletes. My my parent, my dad was a baseball player. My mom was a, a basketball player. She actually played at Hampton University. And then um, she was also a track and field runner. And then my brothers played basketball, football, and baseball. Somehow I'm the one that ended up just running track and field. The one without a ball, but it's all good. It's all good. Uh, my mom, my mom still loves me. It's all good. Um, but but what, what happened was I, I ran track and field um, at, at Virginia Commonwealth University. I was a history major. Um, you know, I got my master's in teaching. And but what ended up happening was I actually got involved with a group called the Fellowship of Christian Athletes while I was in school. So um. So rather than teaching, they actually offered me a job. I had a job offer to teach and I had a job offer to, you know, to, to work for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes or, or FCA for short. Um, and I actually took that that role with FCA and I did that for eight years. And uh, it was definitely a fruitful time. I worked with middle school, high school, uh, collegiate athletes and even some professional athletes for, uh, you know, for about eight years. Uh, which I've thor- thoroughly enjoyed. I left it left the organization about five years ago, but during that time, man, I just came across some amazing speakers and, and you know people who who inspired me. And I remember one day there was a guy who came to um, one of the local high schools here, and um, he asked me to introduce him. So I went ahead and introduced him, and he said, "You know, Paul," he said, "You might you might have a future in this," and that was the first time. That somebody told me that, hey, I may have a future, you know, in some sort of um, a motivational speaker. So that's all. It's, it's interesting. I've never had that question before, but that's actually where that first seed, if you will, was planted when it comes to any type of anything uh, motivational. Wow. And yeah. do you remember like that aha moment? Was it something he said or was it uh, or even if you don't remember the exact words, was it like a way that you felt when when, you know, when he said that it was like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. So what what happens that we we were, we were at a high school and this guy he was a um, a former um, NFL player um, and he he came in to tell his story about how he overcame drug abuse and so on and so forth. And um, by this time, I think we were speaking and he was speaking at probably his uh, second or third school. So I was um, kind of saw his rhythm and everything. So they asked me to introduce him at this particular school, and I went out there and there there's like a uh, bleachers just just full of students and when i went out there and introduced them 
I got the whole crowd like like fired up, you know, you know what I'm saying? Fired up. I don't know if it was a Friday, but they were all fried. They were, they were fired up. Excuse the excuse the corny joke, whatever. But uh but but they they were all fired up in afterwards. He said, man, you might you might have a future in this. Uh but what what it was is I remember just seeing him do his thing and, and he just, just so inspirational. And the reality was he was just telling his story. And the fact yeah. that I saw him with probably three or four schools that day, I saw him tell the same story three or four, three or four different times. But everywhere he went, that same story was fresh. That's that same story was fresh. And there was another group of people who, you know, who were inspired by hearing, you know, how he overcame his his, his drug addiction. Wow. When you say fresh, like, did he did he just have like different angles that he go? Did he sometimes tell more one place and less in another place? Like what, why do you, why did you identify as fresh? Yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely. So, so de- sometimes it would depend on, on the, on the demographic. So like, say if, um, if, if a school was, was more, you know, white, white American, if you will, you know, there, there are more white students there. He may tell the story one way. This, the school where I introduced him, uh, where I introduced him, it was mostly, um, you know, black students. So I was able to, you know, jazz it up just a little bit, right? <laughs> and, um, you know, really get, really get everybody, you know, really uh, just get the crowd just energized and ready to roll. Um, but then if, if he told that story on, on a college campus, it was like bam, wham, bam. This is this is what it is. I remember he came to VCU, uh, Virginia Commonwealth VCU, and there were um, three colleges present that evening. It was um, um, VCU, Virginia Union University, and then also University of Richmond. So the way he told the story there, it was really no no holes barred, like like no wow. no holes barred, and. Um, and I, I even like once again, even though I heard the story because we we went th- to a few different places that day, um, everywhere we went, I saw how he looked at the crowd, s- kind of observed how they were responding to different things, and that's how he based how. I mean, his story was a story, but he based how he told it, um, you know, yeah. based on whoever the, the crowd was. Yeah. Wow, that sounds like you had a great mentor and learning experience here. <laughs> yeah, 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 and uh, he, he, you know, definitely awesome to, to learn from. And I think that's, that's when that seed was planted and, um, Hey, you know, perhaps I can do this one day. And that, this was, um, this was 2000, 2008. So for uh, close to 14 years ago, about 14 years ago. Wow. And, and how did, um, I, I, maybe I might've missed this part, but how did you, how did he initially draft you in to, to be his mentee? So, so what happened was, um, and I, I don't know, the, actually the guy who brought him into town, was more of my mentor. So what happened I was, gotcha. okay. yeah. So he was actually a guest speaker. He was a guest speaker, um, and I, I don't think I mentioned that. So we actually met him at a camp, at a summer camp, a sports camp with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes that summer. And what would happen is, some, they would bring in these um, inspirational speakers, you know, performer, uh, uh, collegiate or professional athletes. And he happened to be one who just had a story that everyone was drawn to. So my wow. supervisor. At the time in, in Richmond, Virginia, the camp was in North Carolina, but my supervisor in Richmond, Virginia said, hey, we got to get this guy in town because we think that his story will re- will resonate with, with quite a few of the schools. And he, he, he was right. So I met him in, in July of 2008 and he uh, came and spoke. It was, I think, November uh, of, two, of 2008. Wow. That's, that's, you know, um, that's, that's incredible. And then it just all built from there. So what was your journey like after, 
doing the rounds with him and then you kind of progress past that. Like what was the, what was the journey like? Yeah. Yeah. So for, for eight years I worked for, you know, for FCA and I, I was, I was out there, I, you know, I was, I was working, um, you know, middle school, high school, college athletes. Uh, but a lot of my work was, was focused on, on the college campuses, um, you know, VCU, Virginia Union, University of Richmond, uh, Randolph-Macon College, which is, you know, a, a smaller school here in town as well. And um, I, w- I would be speaking there Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays. And a lot of it was more so um, chapel, you know, chapel type based things. And then I'm um, also in the summers, I was doing um, seven on seven, like, like, you know, seven on seven football passing leagues, you know, with the running backs, uh, quarterbacks, wide receivers, so on and so forth. And then the linebackers and, and defensive backs. And, um, what was happening was every over the summer, every Tuesday and Thursday, I'm speaking to, you know, hundred to 150 high school football players, you know, and my job was in between games. I got five to 10 minutes to share a couple of principles and, and keep everybody's attention. Uh, but I think what what ended up happening was around 2000, around 2012, and this was all during that time. From 2012 to 2014, I was actually the chaplain at a, at, a, at a summer camp, you know, with kids ages probably eight or nine years old up to about 13 to 14 years old. <laughs> and um, what was happening was every night we I had to deliver some type of message, and everybody was wondering, the staff was wondering, how in the world are you keeping this age group of kids quiet for, you know, for, for that long? And it's, it's how it told stories. It's like you, you find a way to tell a story that, that draws the, that, that draws the crowd in, you know, I don't, you know, I don't care eight, eight or nine years old, you know, so, you know, for, for example, I, um, I do the chapels every, um, every two weeks, um, you know, with, with my school. And I remember there was a, a certain Bible story. I was like, how the heck am I going to tell this in a way that relates to six-year-olds? I was trying to, I was really trying to figure this out. So what ended up happening, I saw one thing in there. I said, I think I can take this and I can run with it. This was the hardest one I've done all year. And this is similar to what I was doing at that camp. I saw this thing about, hey, you you know, this, this was, and this this is obviously a Christian school. So it's like a, a warning type of thing. So rather than saying, hey, this prophet was sent to give someone a warning, I said, the prophet was sent to tell you to get it right, 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 get it right. <laughs> to this day, this was back in October, Steve. To this day, it's February. Kids are still coming up to me almost every day saying, Mr. Henderson, get it right, get it right, get it right. <laughs> so finding something like really, just really catchy, yeah. but that you know will relate and catch their, their attention. I didn't realize I was, you know, uh, you know, kind of gifted in that, but I, I would go to this camps and the lady said, I don't think you realize how gifted you are. I, she said, I'm just watching the kids pay attention to you. And I'm sitting up here thinking, I'm just, just telling stories and, and having fun with it because I, I think, um, I think the world of children, um, I, I mean, I have four boys, my own, my wife and I, we have four boys on our own. And, and I genuinely see the best in every student that walks in my school. You mentioned, you know, between the students. And I, I truly see the best in every child that, that walks through my school. So I see so much in them that I'm going to be very intentional with how I relate to them. And, and I, I'm not, I don't want to be boring because life, life is, life is not boring. And, and, you know, and some are going through challenges. So how can I find a way to speak life into them, even if it's a hard topic, how can I make it, break it down in a way where they can understand it, you know? So, uh, 
And that's, that's you know, and I, I did the same thing when I was traveling at the camp. When I was with, with FCA for eight years, I was doing the same thing. Same thing. Get it right. Get it right. Get it right. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. That's good. The kid, they still said it, man. Apparently, it was catchy. They're still saying it to this day. <laughs> wow. Fired Up Friday will be right back after these messages. Come and tap into the worldwide audience of Fired Up Fridays. Do you have an inspiring story? Have you gone through any type of challenges, but you found a way to make it through? We would love to hear your story on Fired Up Fridays. Visit steveryan.com today. Um, and and are, are there any kind of like challenges that you have to overcome dealing with the, you know, the kids and the athletes, like, you know, any, any kind of challenges that, you know, that you have to find a way to overcome? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think about it even even um, even, even today. Um, I, I was working with a student who, um, you know, and, I, and the story is I worked for FCA for eight years. I left that, actually went into teaching, and we could get into what happened there. But um, I taught for um, for about a, a semester, and then the school had four campuses. The campus that I was on was shut down, so I was actually part of a layoff. Um, so wow. after that, I was out of work for about six months, got in corporate America, uh, was in corporate America for about four years after that. And now I'm back in the school. Um, so I, and I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying it as a, in, in the role as a dean. Um, so but it, there are challenges because I, I think about a student that I dealt with today who, um, man, is, is rough. I mean, he, uh, he comes from a rough background. He was telling me today that, you know, he's 13 years old and, and, and over the summer he's spending, you know, you know, eight, eight to 10 hours a day watching three of his siblings, you know, he's 13 years old. And that wow. this is what this is his life every day over, over, over the course of it's, it's almost like he's playing the role of, of a father uh, over a father to, to his siblings based on, you know, his, his, his family situation. And it's tough yeah. because every once in a while he'll do things on campus. So he's, he's done things on campus where it's just like I've, I've had to talk with him. Say, hey, man, you can't do this, you know. Um, and I remember the first time he wouldn't even look me in my face, and he had that that whole type of attitude, like, you man, you know, who, like who are you? I don't care. You don't care about me. You don't know my story. So, so Steve, what I found is that whole saying that people don't care what you know until they know how much you care. Man, yeah. I found that there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of truth to that. And, and I remember going to him one day, and, uh, and I said, I, "There's a word that that comes to mind when I see you." And I said, that word is vision. What's your vision? And it's so cool today. Uh, we had a, a little uh, a pickup situation where his mom, uh, where his guardians were, were a little late picking him up. And um, I, we talked about it again. We talked, I said, what's your vision? What's your vision? And see, he comes from a, a place where he has a ton of responsibilities at 13 years old. But we, we begin to have, the more conversations we have, the more he realizes that, hey, Mr. Henderson has my best interest at heart. Mr. Henderson right. has my best interest at heart. And today I found out, hey, this young man wants, wants to be an, an engineer. So what I told him is when things get tough, whether it's at school, whether it's at home, you hold that vision of an engineer ahead of you, right? You hold it ahead of you and, and you just watch how keeping that vision ahead of you will help you to overcome. You know, so that's how it happens in school. When I was working with the athletes, you know, you know, whether it's losing the game or losing a big game, losing a championship game, or some of the athletes that I worked with, 
they, they weren't getting playing time, especially on the college level. Everybody's good. So yeah. I would have to work with them to say, hey, you know, what's your attitude, even if you're not playing? What's your attitude? And so it's little things like that um, that I would do to help them, uh, you know, cope well with, with adversity. Absolutely. Wow. Um, <clears throat> wow. And, and like a dean, like what's the dean's role? Now? I mean, I know you have these technical definitions, but like what's your <laughs> role as a dean, you know, from right. your point of view? <laughs> yeah. So as the dean of students, at the, as the dean of students at my school, I'm over the, the student formation. You know, there are other things I have to do. You know, I, I, I work with the, the attendants and all of that type of stuff. You know, it's a small private school, so so I do a lot. So I work with attendants. I'm, I'm also the athletic director. Um, apparently, I'm top flight security in the world at that school, too. <laughs> No, no, but but uh, but I'm I'm really over over student formation, student development. Um, you know, when it comes to character. So if if a child does, for example, if uh, today I had lunch with a student, he had gotten a little bit of trouble. So we have these things called rather than lunch detention, we call it a restorative lunch, where they'll come, they'll they'll eat they'll eat lunch. You know, right outside my office or or in my office, and then um, afterwards we'll talk about the situation, and then we'll say. What 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 happened? What was your role in the situation? Um, you know, what can we do differently? And what are we going to do next time? You know, and then I always let them know that once you leave my office, as far as I'm concerned, you have a clean slate. You have a clean slate uh, because what we're not going to do is we're not going to hold your past mistakes. You know, we're, we're not going to hold them over your head. So um, a lot a lot of what I do is, is is really student formation, helping students to make good choices, you know, helping them to understand the importance of, of being accountable for, for their actions and realizing that the decisions that they're making, hey, these are, are your choices. And if you deal with consequences, you got to remember you had a choice in it. And even if you do have deal with consequences, how do you respond after those consequences have, have been have been dealt out? So it's definitely more of a, of a relational thing. Um, you know, I, I Around campus, you know, there are not too many people. Every once in a while, they talk about my eyebrows a little bit. Uh, <laughs> but when I'm walking around campus, I, I, I love the, 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 the students are excited to see me. Hey, Mr. Henderson, how's it going? And, you know, we're supposed to be social distancing, but the kids run up to you, give you a hug. You know, <laughs> so even in my role, mm-hmm. it's, it's so cool knowing that I'm the one that typically delves out the punishment or, or discipline, if you will. Man, there's so much respect and so much love there. Um, you know, amongst the students. And I, and I can't tell you, I can't, I couldn't enjoy it any more than what, what I possibly am, at least in my opinion. Wow. And, and you're also an author. Uh, yeah. I found yeah. out you had a book that came out uh, last month, actually. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. So what's uh, Slave, slave, no, slave more. no more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So what, what inspired that title? Yeah. So going back to being a history major, I, I, you know, I, I did study a lot of slavery in the Caribbean, slavery in the Amer- in the North America. And um, I remember seeing things like Lincoln as, um, issuing the Emancipation Proclamation. And, and, and then I, I would hear stories about different slaves who, who were who were freed. Right. They, they, they were free, but they went back and worked for the same slave master. So I'm like, now are, are they really free or are they, are they actually slaves just without the title? And, and then what happened was I actually began to look at life and I was, was see different people, you know, different people 
in different places uh, or, or who had the exact same story. So, for example, you have person A with a certain set of circumstances. Then you have person B with the exact same set of circumstances. Person A finds a strong vision. They find a way to overcome said circumstances, whether that be some type of trauma, uh, you know, race, race, racial relations, things that they dealt with, whether it's some type of sexual trauma they dealt with. Person A finds a way to overcome through the power of a strong, keeping a strong vision in front of them, um, which is the common thing that I found. Person B keeps talking about what happened to them. So rather than overcoming, they're still focusing on what happened to them in the past, while person A had the exact same set of circumstances and say, you know what, I'm going to choose to overcome what happened to me. I, you know, I wish it wouldn't have happened, but I learned so much and I'm so much stronger because I actually made it through that obstacle. I actually made it through that trial. So I, I had this idea. And then when I actually, when I was laid off in 2016, I, you know, after a couple of months, my wife, we had my wife and I, we had two, two of our little boys at the time. She was pregnant with our third. And then we had our third son, uh, you know, after I've been laid off for a couple of months. And I'm like, okay, married with, with, with three children. And I don't have a job. I thought I was going to get a job right away after the layoff happened. But I'm, I'm still looking. And I, I remember there was a guy who I looked up to has been a mentor in my life. He said that, Paul, there's, there's people out there that, that are waiting to hear what you have to say. And that was April 5th of 2017. And that's when I started writing my book. And I wrote most of my book that summer, probably probably three quarters of it that summer. So I took a bad situation where I didn't have a job looking for a job daily to write, write this book. And what's cool, Steve, is inspirational fiction. Now, there are nonfiction stories woven throughout of people that I personally personally know who have overcome diverse trials. But what I did was to change their names, you know, just for, just for their privacy, right? And, um, and 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 with their permission, and I implemented their stories into a fictional storyline. So as you're reading my book, you're 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 following the journey of a 25 year old young man, you know, former athlete. Because I'm a former athlete, right? And he's he's learning how to overcome. He's learning to change the lens of, of which he's 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 seeing his past life circumstances. So save the more conquering the master within you're, you're learning how to view and how to conquer that master within that so often has held so many people bound. Wow. So it's almost like <clears throat> mental slavery as well. You know, yeah. <laughs> like if people overcome yeah, yeah. that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good book. I, I, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, 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 so, so far, so good with the feedback. So far, so good. <laughs> I'm sure it's great. I mean, you know, because yeah. I'm at your website now, too. And, you know, you see your family, man. And, right. you know, uh, <laughs> we're learning, we're growing, we're getting better one day at a time. I mean, got the book right there. Love it, man. This is cool. Hi, I'm Paul. It's my passion to see you live in life to your fullest potential. Yep. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> So y'all visit paulanthonyhenderson.com. I mean, that name sounds like you just belong. <laughs> June yeah. 10th for all. Yeah, yeah, that's that's when I started. That's when I uh, started my pre-orders Juneteenth. And um it's, wow. it's, it's, been, it's been going well, man. Yeah, those those are my boys right there. My, my four my four boys. <laughs> so you know, I know sometimes life just unfolds and, right. you know, even if we have visions and plan, we don't, you know, it, it could, 
you know, has his way of working itself out. So, but if you have right, a vision, right, right. like what's, what's, oh, we fast for time, another year, two years, five years, like, is there anything that comes to mind when I say, I would like to have seen blank? <laughs> yeah, quite, quite honestly, um, the, the better, the better I get at my job at school, the more I'm able to spend time with students. So the, the cool thing about my, my, my book is that I, you know, I really believe in the principles, but you know, there might be somebody who, who reads the book one time and said, man, that was good. They, 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 maybe they've taken a few notes. Maybe, maybe they've highlighted a little bit, whatever the case is, they may put it down and go about their lives. But the cool thing is about working in a school is I literally have the opportunity on a daily basis to to live to live these principles and to share these principles daily. As a matter of fact, the seventh grade class in my school is reading this book right now. Wow. Well, the, 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 the teacher read it and she said, would you mind if my class uh, read the book? So she was reading her copy. And for me, I'm like. Yeah, I walked in there reading it, and I said, "You know what? I got a few copies in my car. I gave the entire class, a, uh, you know, a, a copy. Wow. Not looking for any compensation because the fruit of their lives, Steve, is is that's man, that's the compensation for me. Seeing the fruit from their lives, learning to have a keep a strong vision and learning how to overcome their past. So one year from now, man, I would love to, um, you know, I would love to say." That that I've I'm already I'm, I'm actually speaking at a school the school that laid me off they have another campus about seventy five miles away from Miami and I'm actually going to speak at that school tomorrow tomorrow from the wow. direct recording yeah they they, wow. they they heard about my book they said Paul will you come speak and I'm like do you realize that when y'all laid me off I wrote this book full circle baby full circle <laughs> wow it, it wasn't it, it, it wasn't their fault man they they just they just yeah. ran short on funding so they had to close it down and I, and I get it man I get it but um wow. I you know I would love to have spoken and and, and shared my story with, with schools um you know group homes um mm-hmm. you know and if I can if I can even get into a couple of couple of uh prisons that that, that would be awesome man and um and that's outside of, you know, speaking at, you know, I've already spoken to my church and a couple, few other places, uh, but I want to go places where, you know, perhaps the people there won't, won't quote unquote compensate me, if you will, because it's more about that message. Because at the end of the day, if this right here, and it, just, I think when you're really trying to give value to people, the compensation long-term will take care of itself. It, it, it'll take care of itself. If you really focus on how can I give value to, to, to this person, it, it'll, it'll, I, I believe it'll take care of itself. Obviously there's other details involved, but it'll take care of itself. Yeah. I, I, I'm with you on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. This has been incredible. Um, do you have any last minute words of wisdom, uh, you know, for the audience? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you see, saw, you saw on my website and you, you read, you actually read it quickly. Um, it's one thing that I firmly believe in. So uh, I'm a father. I have four boys. My boys are, are, are nine, seven. Um, my, my third one would be, be five in a couple of weeks. And then I have a, a almost two year old as well. So as, as a father, you know, um, as a, whether it's being parenting or, or, or just going through life, one thing I learned is that it's so valuable to take life one day at a time. Meaning you, 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 you may not know everything. You may not be an expert at life or being an expert at, at parenting. But one thing that you can always commit to is to learn to grow and to get better one day at a time. And that's, that's always how if I, if I record a video from my, my blog, that's how I always sign off with learning, with growing, 
and we're getting better one day at a time. You can't change your whole life in, in, in one day, but yeah. you can get a little bit better every single day. And if you if you get a little bit better every single day for for three hundred and sixty five days, by, by the end of that year, you're, you're, you're feeling you'll look back and say, "Man, I got a lot better," because you chose yeah. to get a little bit better every day, one day at a time. One day at a time. <laughs> one day at a time. There we go. This is incredible, man. I really, really appreciate you coming <laughs> on and sharing your story. And like, this is this is awesome. This is like this is going to really inspire a lot of people. And not only that, the people reading your book, the kids, you know, for a lot of them, this is going to be memorable. So when they yeah. grow up and they're adults, they're going to say, "I." You know, I remember this book that someone's, I can just envision someone saying, what made you think like that? Oh yeah. I remember I was a kid. I read this book, blah, 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 blah. Oh, cool. I'm going to go read that book. Go check it out. So you're, I can see your book being relevant, like for a long, 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 long time. And just Mm. that's, that's better than compensation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's more like emotional and spiritual compensation in a sense. And yeah, 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 yeah. Trusting you're going to be taken care of because you will, you know? (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Because people are. I mean, I'm I'm at an event next week and people said, Paul, we want to buy your book. So, and that's what I mean when I say the conversation is take care of itself. Mm -hmm. I'm willing to give over here and then over here, somebody's saying, how can we pay you? You know, exactly. and, and I think it's it's amazing. It's amazing how how, how that works, and, and and I think it's a matter of keeping a pure heart in in, in the midst of, the, of it all is is so key, and it's something that I, that I strive to do, man. Just just keep everything pure, keep everything honest, keep everything with integrity, and then just watch the blessings flow. Yes, sir. I'm with you on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, this yeah. wraps it up for this edition of Fired Up Friday with yeah. Paul Henderson. <laughs> Paul Anthony Henderson. <laughs> yes, sir. It's yes, the sir. Paul Anthony show. <laughs> Are you ready to feel good? Are you ready to feel inspired? Then come and get your I Am Strong merch. It's smooth on the skin. And guess what? When you wear it, people will be asking, Where did you get that shirt? Where did you get those clothes? And you can say, I am strong. Come on over to stevebryan.com today.